It is so good to be with everyone here on our second back to school revival service. And, you know, I've been privileged to work with the young adults and the young marrieds now for, um, I think I'm going into nine years, which is very surreal for me. Thank you. Um, because many of these young adults that I'm working with now, I started with a Sunday school teacher. Which, that's trippy, isn't it? Yeah? It is for me, at least, because I remember having them in, in choir and singing and worshiping together, and now I am pulling beside them shoulder to shoulder. At one point, I had my hand behind me, bringing them up, and now they're with me. And that's so exciting. I, it's amazing to me. And I know we are here growing apostolic legacy. And it is so true. And I am so privileged and blessed to be a part of their journey and have so many that were a part of mine. And what's so powerful and precious about what we heard this morning about the armor of God. The armor serves many different roles and we heard about them this morning with our Sunday school kids. But what's so amazing about it is that it doesn't do anything until we put it on. The armor is useless until I put it on. And that falls to me. That's my responsibility every day to check my feet, to make sure I'm walking in peace, to make sure my heart is covered in righteousness or right standing with God, that my head is covered with salvation, that I've got a shield of faith and I'm tying it together with a belt of truth. That's my responsibility every day. And what's so wonderful about working with these young adults is to see them from many from Sunday school to where they were receiving teaching and receiving investment to see them now say, I'm going to be active and I'm going to do something. I'm going to make it a verb in my life to every day I'm going to put it on intentionally. We see in, and we hear in hyphen almost every week, James 1 and 22, to be a doer of the word. Not just somebody who hears it and says, wasn't that great? Wasn't that an awesome service? Didn't we have a great back to school revival? But where the rubber meets the road and every day I'm walking in my classroom and I'm walking on my job site and I'm walking out on my university. I'm being intentional and doing what I've heard. And I will tell you, CAC, we have some amazing, amazing young adults who, as Brother Nick said this morning, it's not the future church. It's the church now. They're not future pillars. They're pillars now. And so I want to introduce the first of them who is going to testify, Sister Leslie Mahler. These are the next individuals you're going to hear. There's a variety here who have gone through the mountains and the valleys and the storms. And they are still here standing saying, I am willing to be intentional about wearing what God has given me so that I can face everything that comes. Give her a hand as she comes. what you would call the older of the hyphen. Um, some of the hyphen like to call me Grandma Willow because um, I have lots of wisdom. Um, but a pastor just last week, I believe it was, said, let's look back. And this entire week, I have been looking back because just how many months ago, I lived in that uh, decrepit, beautiful building across the street. 
for 16 years I have been at CAC, 16 years. And when I think about that wretched individual that walked in here at almost 24 years of old, I won't tell you how I am now, but that doesn't matter. But 16 years ago, I walked in and I thought, y'all are crazy. I did. I, you know, there were some songs sung that um, I called my mom and said, I think I need to move back home. And there were some conferences that I was taken to just to see my reaction. It's hateful. Um, but 16 years and now people run and shine sister showstrand shoes and I'm just like yep I'd do it too and um, pray over feet I washed them and throw piling from this side of the sanctuary all the way to that side of the sanctuary and if you didn't throw it hard enough though it was invisible she made you do it again right sister showstrand yes amen and so I threw it again because I didn't know what I was doing but I did it because I started to realize when I look back over my life yeah. I've got a testimony yes. because in those early years I was only here two weeks and the Gordon sisters came to sing I moved here August of 2005 and the Gordon sisters came um, in uh, September and Ann and Shane uh, roped me into sitting right here in the second row in this corner and it was just a lovely concert it wasn't even a, a, a Wednesday night or whatsoever and all of a sudden, I was crying. You know, I had just moved here. I had never left my family. Um, I had never moved out of my house because, you know, in college, I just stayed there because it was free laundry service and um, free food. Um, and sometimes if I whined enough, my dad would give me gas money. You know, um, still actually does sometimes. <laughs> okay. Um, so all of those things and I, I just felt so overwhelmed by something and then the seas parted which was that first row and I saw Sister Shostrian's face and um, Anne started hooping and hollering I didn't know it was going to go on and I received the gift of the Holy Ghost not even understanding what the Holy Ghost was and isn't that just God isn't that just the power of God I had no idea what the Holy Ghost was, but here I was speaking in other tongues. And then that next summer in 2006, I was baptized with both of my parents standing next to me. And my dad just weeped and my mom just weeped. No one knew why they were weeping, but isn't that just God? Amen. So looking back over my life, that 16 year journey, and now I've got some bumps, I've got bruises, I've got chains. But God has always been good to me. I have never gone hungry. I have never gone without a hug. I have never wanted for anything. Now, I needed a lot of stuff, you know, like purses and stuff like that. And then pastor got that under control. Yeah. <laughs> Bless you. Um, there are things that I felt like I needed, but God had always always provided for me always I wrote some notes I'm not even following it but all I can tell you is through this 16 years you know my mom sang on this stage with me at a family concert I don't know if y'all remember that and that was 
a miracle. We sat, we stood up here together and sang. My dad has been honored with all of the veterans. My brother received the gift of the Holy Ghost before he met Jesus right here in this corner. There have been so many wonderful blessings throughout my life. So if I have to be that next generation of hyphen, hopefully I'm retired by the time they come into the group. But if I have to continue to let my life be a witness, use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I shouldn't be, because the church is family. Um, so I should be comfortable talking in front of you all. Um, but when I came here uh, two and a half years ago, roughly, uh, I was kind of terrified, because um, I came in and everyone knew who I was. I was like, what? <laughs> and I didn't know any of you. Um, but I've been blessed to know all of you uh, in the past couple years. Um, really only a year and a half because I left for a while. Um, I don't know if you all know that, but yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about a time while I was gone. Um, and it has to do with a lesson that uh, Sister Shoshian taught, actually. Um, so I went to bed one night uh, and I fell asleep. I had to fly uh, really early in the morning the next day. Um, but I woke up at like 2, 3 AM in the morning, uh, which is stupid early. Um, <laughs> and I really wanted to keep sleeping because I was really tired. Um, and so I woke up and I tried to fall back to sleep, laid there for half an hour, I don't know, uh, trying to fall back to sleep. And uh, I thought about Sister Shoshan's lesson on waking up in the midnight hour and how maybe that's for a reason and you have to pray. Um, so laying there in my bunk, I started praying. Uh, don't know how long I prayed for, but I was just laying there praying. Um, 
not really for anything in particular, just whatever came to mind. Uh, and then hour and a half, two hours later, because um, it's way further late over there than it is here, I texted Hannah um, because I was bored and I couldn't fall back to sleep anymore. <laughs> and I only had like a half hour till I had to be up anyways. So texted her and come to find out about the time that I got woken up, uh, her bosses and coworkers were in a meeting discussing whether or not to fire her because she got COVID. Um, and most of that time I spent praying uh, for her during that time. And I had no idea what was going on at that time until she told me. And when that happened, I was like, wow, sometimes God really does reach into your life no matter where you are. And he can use you uh, wherever you are, whatever place you are in your life. Um, not just in this church, not just here in the building, not with your family, uh, and not where you go every single Sunday, every single Wednesday to worship and learn about God, but he can reach you wherever you are, whether you're 6,000 miles away or six miles away, he can use you wherever you are. Um, God never leaves you, so that's my testimony. Well, he, he did pray, and I ended up getting, uh, I did lose my job, and then I ended up uh, getting a job the next day. So the Lord answered prayers, so that was great. Um, but my testimony I wanted to talk about tonight was actually started when I was in middle school. I um, played basketball all through middle school and high school. And um, it kept me out of really bad groups that, um, that were going on in that time, high, middle school and high school. Um, and so I uh, played basketball and it kept me and um, I was going to church. And then uh, my family moved here. And actually, I went play basketball and that same basketball group was happened to be the bad group. So um, what was good for me um, up north ended up being uh, not good. And um, so I realized, wow, I like this is totally different. And what I had worked for middle school and high school and what I had built um, to be a good basketball player and you know you get to your senior year and you're like yes this is my time and I'm gonna like you know I'm gonna do great and this is your time to shine um, and I quit senior year I quit basketball um, because I realized that my salvation was not worth being in a group like that um, so I joined Bible quizzing which was a um, awesome group to be in and just held me to the church and kept me um, in that group. Uh, so the Lord has kept me my whole life. I, um, even in high school and all this, all this time, he has kept me. I'm like most of our hyphen or our youth and hyphen. I was raised in this and um, I have been so blessed to um, have a church family that just surrounds me 
and um, make sure that I'm, I'm staying in, in this. And um, so you guys all have that. You have people surrounding you that make sure that you're here and that you, know, you stay in. And um, we care about you and we pray for you. And um, yeah, you're, you're gonna be, you're gonna wanna be led or to another way, but if you just keep your focus on God, he's gonna keep you. He's gonna, he's gonna pull you back track. And things that I thought from my life that, yes, this is the way it's going to go, and this is how it's going to be, and it's gonna, just going to be great. And he just totally turns it, and he's like, actually, no, it's, it's not going to be like that at all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than what I ever imagined. So um, the Lord keeps, and he saves, and he doesn't let you go as long as you don't let go of him. So. Um, I just want to share with you for a few minutes about how I came to be in church. Um, I grew up in a family that kind of um, went to a Baptist church occasionally. Um, it's one of those families where it's like you need to read your Bible, but nothing was ever read with you. Um, you know, we didn't pray together. We didn't really eat together. Um, and there were a lot of issues in my family. Um, but I'd always felt like the Lord had a calling on my life um, because I remember always praying like that typical <laughs> prayer of, Lord, please come into my heart. And uh, I would always expect some like magical transformation and nothing ever happened. And so it was just one of those things where it's like I felt like I wanted to believe in God, but I never really like knew how to get to that next level. Um, and I feel like, I, like I love testimony services. I hate being one of them because <laughs> I don't like public speaking, but I felt really impressed this morning as we had our back to school service um, to just uh, really kind of share my testimony specifically um, for the youth, because a lot of you probably don't remember, I've been here for about 15 years, um, but the reason I started coming to church is simply because I rode the bus with Nick and Levi Hancock, and they invited me. They invited me to one service. It wasn't a Wednesday night service. It wasn't a Sunday service. It was just a New Year's party. And I remember I had a good time. Um, I think I met with Shane and because he was a youth pastor at the time. And I came back that following Sunday and uh, unlike Sister Leslie, um, I didn't have time to really be like, what in the world is going on? It was just bam, I got the Holy Ghost <laughs> and I got baptized the next Sunday. And it's like looking back at that situation, all of a sudden I realized that is what I have been longing for. The Holy Ghost is what I've been longing for. That is the transformative power with God that you're seeking when you're asking for a change, when you're asking for him to come into your heart, that is that power. Um, and I know that it's so hard to be in middle school and high school and college um, 
honestly, if it wasn't for God's pull on my life, I should have had so many issues. Um, actually, this is the weekend that marks the 20th anniversary of my brother overdosing. Uh, so I've lost a brother to drugs. I've had another sibling who's had issues with drugs. We have all sorts of um, mental issues in our family, uh, substance abuse. And if it weren't for the powerful and transformative um, power of God, the Holy Ghost, it's, that would have been my life. And I just want to specifically tell the youth, the reason that I am here today is because there was a girl on a bus who got asked to come to church by two acquaintances that she's known for years, and the Lord took care of the rest. They did not know that there was a girl on the bus who had been praying for a transformative experience with God, and they invited me to church, and the Lord has worked in my life ever since. And I will say, though, that there was a, about a year and a half in college that... Um, I left church because I allowed uh, bad relationships to influence me and pull me away from God. And it's about like the ages, pastor can correct me, of like 10 to 21. So middle school, high school, and college that you develop your value system. Is that correct, pastor? So literally our youth right now are developing their lifelong beliefs and values. And so we are living in a world that is no longer accepting of a lukewarm um, belief system. The devil is going after our youth. He's going after our kids because he is trying to pull them away from God as early as possible so that they no longer live for God. And I'm just telling you right now that even though the devil got to me in college, the Lord brought me back. And because you're sitting in this church today, I know that the Lord has a calling on your life and that you need to be here. And we need to not be lukewarm anymore. And we need to be living for God. And we need to be working for God. And all he requires of us is just to be a servant. A servant. That's all you need to do. You need to just say, yes, Lord, I'm willing. And he will take care of the rest. And I'm just so thankful that I get to be here today because... Um, even though I didn't have the type of family that nourished my belief system and my values, Sister Shostrian is my mother, Pastor is my father. They have been pouring those values and beliefs into me for years. I've had uh, sisters and brothers in this church. Um, I have a wonderful family that I'm married into that continues to pour into me. All of you have poured into me. I remember Charlie Edge just giving me money for food. I remember Mary Lee just checking in on me. I can look at everyone of you and think of how you have just blessed me and touched me and I just want to encourage you to keep reaching out to people because even if they don't tell you you are impacting their lives and we love you very much and you are making a difference and I just thank the Lord for all he's done for me thank you. I didn't want to go last because I cry a lot, you know, darn it. Okay, um, no, the Lord's been so good to me, and I want to start this off with just saying, everybody knows my parents, but they're, what a blessing they've been in my life, and uh, everybody knows my dad, and he's about the best man um, uh, a son could have, and I'm very grateful, but um, beyond that, 
Everybody, um, when you're a teenager, I want to direct this to you, young guys in particular, um, no matter how good your dad is and good of a man he is, um, there becomes a time where you are no longer sheltered in your parents' house. You're out in the world, you're uh, at school, and you're going to start getting influenced by other people. And you're going to start hearing other views that you've never grown up hearing before. And so it's important to start getting a lifeline outside of your parents um, that is a good source, a Holy Ghost-filled source. So I'm going to take a minute here, and I'm going to leave some people out, and, but uh, that's, you know, I, I can't name everybody, but I want to tell you what's available, and this is where my testimony begins, is even though I grew up in this, um, I have had support, and I have been invested in, and I want to tell you how. So we're missing a lot of men today that have invested in me. Uh, you have Brother Dale. I have not had a service without him where him and I didn't talk in the back. And uh, Brother Phillips and I, we used to talk about motorcycles. And there was Brother uh, Gibson. I remember when I first got my license, I went to help him with gutters one time. And he pulled me in his house, and I ended up being there for a couple hours. Told me his whole testimony and his life story. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget that. And uh, you have Brother uh, Jerry there, who I see every Sunday, and, I, and it doesn't go by where we don't shake hands and exchange a, a smile, and I always have that. And uh, I look around, and I have plenty of examples of, of what hard work looks like. You know, I got Brother Tim here, and Brother Larry, and, uh, and Brother Bill, and, and Brother Heath, who's always helping at the church, and I got those guys to look up to, and I've had the privilege to work alongside them at, at different events. And uh, the Keys, all, all the Keys men have been a huge influence in my life, and I don't know where I'd be without them, because not only are they good support system in church, but I've had the privilege of, with each of them outside of church, with Brother Tracy and I, we, we've played so much disc golf together, um, weekly at times, and uh, he used to teach me in Sunday school, and, is, and Mike, him and I have gone camping and fishing, and I've had the privilege of, of not just in here, but outside having a part of him. And Brother Bob, we have had so many conversations in the lobby about finances and about uh, finding a, a good godly woman. And um, I can just go around the room to, to all these men. Brother B Brush used to uh, teach me in Sunday school. And you have all the Hancock brothers who have invested in the youth. And Nick invested in the youth and everything. And, and I always have that. And you can't think of a midwinter or a youth congress and not think of Brother Larry Kendall uh, for driving the vans. And he's always at the altar praying with people. And I've had the privilege. I got the, the Holy Ghost, I believe, when I was seven. And it was when my dad was preaching, and I got it right here at this altar. And uh, Brother Howard, he was there, and he prayed me through too. And that was when I was seven. And I have never been uh, without a service where Brother Howard has not prayed for me. I've been prayed by that man hundreds of times. And it, I'm so grateful. I can't even uh, explain it. And, there, and there's so many more. Uh, Brother Brown and uh, Brother... Um, Brother John and all these different men have all invested in me. And you guys all have that same resource. And I work at Denison, and they are a bunch of crazy wackos. And I'll tell you, a, a term that gets thrown around, and it makes my blood boil, 
is toxic max masculinity. Toxic masculinity. That gets thrown around all the time, and I'm so sick of hearing it. They're trying to tear men down and make them more, you know, girly and not have a backbone. That's not what the Bible says. And you have leaders like Brother Sostrand here, and you got all these men, who, and these are men, men. And men, men have the Holy Ghost, and they lead their families. And you guys right now, you all have access to these. Look at the men beside you here. That's who you guys have to look up to, and that's who's helped me in my life. Anytime I have a situation, I always think I know every one of their testimonies. Do you know how many times I've been told different things? I remember, in fact, okay, when I uh, pray, I used to pray like this. I, I have my head down and my eyes closed, and I'd pray really hard. I would shake. And I remember one time... Brother Bob Keys pulled me aside after service, and, and he says, what, what are you doing? Like, what, why are you like this? He says, don't you know what the Lord's doing to you? And he said, so he said, next time I pray, he said, he said look up. And he said, quit clenching your hands, open your hands, and look up. And ever since then, I've been doing that. And it's those little things, you, you know, when, when they talk to you, man, look them in the eye. Learn their names. You want to know all these men's names because they're investing in you. And I want all the men in this church to continue investing because these guys are going to be under attack from here on out because they're trying to tear down manhood. And that's not what we're about here. And they're going to have to lead their home someday. So continue to invest in these guys. Continue to work in them. And real quick, not real quick, I've already taken a long time, but real quick I want to talk about the Holy Ghost for a minute because it is an experience and you all know it like no other. And uh, I, I'm a man, right? I like, to, I like to be in charge if I can help it. I like to be in control if I can help it. Oh, I, Brother Joe Costa, sorry, off topic. He did Joseph Conference. He's done these strongman events. There is not a boy who took part in that who will ever forget that. Pulling a car and doing farmer's walks. Those are the kinds of things I'm talking about. Anyway, the Holy Ghost. I like to be in control if I can help it. I don't like situations where I'm out of control. It's just, you know, that's not what I like to be in. And uh, I don't cry. Like outside of here, I don't cry. I don't, I'm not an emotional person. I don't get so mad where I start to cry. I don't get so sad I start to cry. But man, there I cry every... So you've all seen me cry, and it's, it's a humbling thing, the Holy Ghost. And sometimes for us guys, if you look, and it's not always the case, but if you look and you, and you start to notice who's getting touched by the Lord first, it's usually the women, Right, And I think it's because they're more in tune to the emotions and they start to cry and blubber. And you're standing there like you haven't been hit yet. And it's like, man, I really don't want to cry in front of all these people. But it ends up always happening. And what happens? So I end up crying and I, and I, I, I sweat a lot. I, hate, so I used to be embarrassed when I was a kid. Like, man, I sweat so much. And this is really bad. But there were some times when I was young, I was like, I'd come to church and I'm like, I kind of hope it doesn't turn into one of those crazy services because I just... <laughs> I don't want to be all sweaty for the rest of the night, you know. And then sure enough, every time you have that thought, it's the most Holy Ghost filled service you've ever had. And uh, no, but I don't, if you've ever seen me pray, I just, I think the Lord knows that it's like, this is a guy who likes to try to be in control. Like I have never been tempted with like alcohol or like that. I've never, no interest. I want to be in my own head. And uh, I think the Lord knows that. So not only does he immediately make me cry, but then he like, he take, takes over and I get all shaky and I just, you know, you can try to fight it and close it off or you can take Brother Bob's keys advice and just let it rip. And, and, that, and doing that, that's what it takes. And so, fellas, take, take look, look around. 
know these men, know them by name, and listen to them. And all of you are at the Sweet Corn this weekend helping out, and that's what it is. And get invested in the church and let the church get invested in you. Praise the Lord. you gave and the support and the love you've given to these young people they are making a stand by standing up here a week ago pastor got up and read the story of Joshua who was getting ready to leave 20 somethings and younger into the promised land their moms and dads thank God you're not part of that crew but their moms and dads grumbled and complained saw the miracle signs and wonders but they were more interested in Egypt than they were in the promise. And all they could do is compare where they were in the wilderness to where they came out. And God said, I'll have it. I'm, you're not going, but I'm going to take your children. And I'm going to do things with your kids that you can't believe are possible. That same Joshua stood stunned trying to figure out Moses is not here to help me all the great names aren't here to help me I'm older and I got a crew of young people what am I going to do and while he was out meditating a man came to him with a sword in his hand so he already knew that he was a warrior and Joshua saw him and I kind of feel like Joshua had his hand on his sword hilt and he said, whose side are you on? Are you on our side or are you on our enemy's side? And that man said, I'm neither. But I am part of the captain of the host of the army of the Lord. These kids are having to choose between are you with this, are you with that? Are you for this, are you against that? The world is being divided into groups, this side or that side. But I'm gonna tell you what we're here to declare tonight. We're on neither side. These young people have said we're on the Lord. 